Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, we're talking about which layers, which layer ones or layer twos or layer cakes are going to survive the winter, the crypto winter we're clearly going through this summer. (laughs) Yes, winter winter. Winter and summer, it is a coldest summer I've remembered, or I can remember in a while, but uh, talking in all sorts of metaphors there. I'm going to say I'm settling in. I'm in, I'm starting to enjoy it. I feel like actual things are affordable. I feel like I have the time to look and find projects and my initial despondency and depression have passed in terms of looking at the overall amount of money that has simply flown away and look at the opportunity and say like, I can collect whatever I'd like now. Pretty much, and it's it's a fun time to be watching what is what is actually going to be built here. But what I think we're trying to keep an eye on is careful on what platforms you're buying, just in case I don't know the layer goes away entirely. So, you know, we'll get we'll get to that in a bit. But what are you seeing in the news? Yeah, that's a that's a good point because uh, we're definitely seeing some some lower volume out there across. Tw- I mean, across uh, crypto in general, not just the NFT market. But- NFTs, I'll say, it was down. 15, 14% ish over the past week, just in total, total volume. Uh, so, you know, pretty real. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, one, 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 uh, positive note. I did see the, uh, the number of transactions in June, uh, was the highest in a couple months. Of course, the volume was still lower. Uh, I don't know. We can probably figure out why uh, something due to prices, but, uh, Anyway, we'll get into some of the headlines. Uh, first one I've got here is actually it's a little a couple from a week or so ago, but this was one I wanted to come back to. This was Bill Gates saying that uh, talking about NFTs, saying they are one hundred percent based on greater fool theory, completely dismissing the the technology, everything about NFTs. What do you think, George? Wait a minute, the greater fool theory. This thing is all a hype. Wait, was that a quote from the 90s when Microsoft and Bill Gates famously said the internet wasn't really going to be a thing and everything will be on the desktop forever and ever? Or did I get the quote in the year wrong on, Ooh, you know, yeah. our seeing yeah, tech, technocrat? Interesting. Interesting to see this, right? You, you, oh, you I got the, the quote. Time no, 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 the time. You change the time. You put yeah. the same person and he does the same thing. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not betting on Bill Gates understanding what the uh, future upside of a new technology is. I mean, obviously, many, many billions of dollars, but I famously miss the old internet. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, careful you listen to, you know, look for, uh, don't look outside of the crypto sphere for, uh, for expert opinions here. Uh, all right. So we've got Axie Infinity, the, uh, 
the, or the Ronin network, I should say, the Ronin network behind Axie Infinity has just restarted transactions finally after the large $615 million hack. I, I mean, I guess that's good. I don't know who's trusting this at this point. Good to see them back. I don't wish them ill. I think the, the play to earn, they were the, the godfather of it. And, you know, uh, I guess they weren't, they weren't taken out by that hit. So, uh, they're back in action. And I know a lot of people, frankly, are, are playing that internationally and are somehow living off that like dollar that you can grind out from, uh, from the game. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have had assets locked and are just happy that they can transact in any way. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's it, not sure where that can go. Um, you know, we know that that value wouldn't be nearly 615 million at this point. So, uh, that's also interesting to see. Uh, let's see, we've got this one. So we've Nansen is, uh, we've mentioned this in the past. Nansen's a data analytics platform. Uh, they are adding, I think I've read about 50, 53,000 NFT projects from Solana, uh, to their platform. Um, so you can now see the, uh, NFT activity from Solana much easier on their platform. This is new and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's me, it's starting to make me take Solana much more seriously here. They're integrating with a lot of these, uh, these tools that are adding value to the system. And, and I think they're, it makes me more, uh, makes me think that they're more likely to stick around. Yeah. And we'll be playing into that, you know, in our theme of like who makes it is it, it's really just, if people don't use it, it's broken and you're only going to survive winter if people are, you know, actually getting utility as measured by transaction from the platform. Absolutely. Um, let's see, we've got another one here related to Solana. We've got the FTX, uh, platform, um, where, uh, Solana is most traded. Um, we, they are, well, we've got conflicting reports. We've gotten, there's reports that they're acquiring BlockFi, the, the former multi-billion dollar lender. Um, they're acquiring them for 25 million. Uh, there are some reports from, from BlockFi saying that's not true. I can't imagine it's going to be much better than that, but it looks, it does feel like FTX is using this opportunity in the market to, uh, to, to scoop up different assets. They're, they're trying to buy things when, when, you know, trying to buy assets when, uh, when everybody else is in trouble, it seems like they are well positioned and that's, I mean, that that's what you want to be able to do if, if you can. I mean, this is like this history never repeats, but it always rhymes. The, the major barons are always built in the bear markets. And what you're watching is somebody who's smart enough to be long cash, short margin, knowing that the moment will come is dominating, right? You make, you make, you're making asymmetrical bets where you're just like, this is a completely distressed asset over here. I'm buying users, I'm buying, uh, leverage. It's just amazing. Uh, so you, you watch somebody who knew how to play the game, build this, this foundation. And again, uh, as we'll get into it, uh, he's also a big player with Solana. So, uh, having, having, and being in that position right now, it's, uh, is where you want to be. Yeah, it feels it's actually like, part of like, the plan. Uh, what, what you know, what Buffett has done in many uh, yeah. situations, and you know, he talks about why you want to keep capital ready for the bear markets, and you're seeing what uh, what that can do when you are well positioned. See, I thought the 
thing was you always want to keep horses in the stable. So that's why I spent all of my reserve capital. On yeah, you, 80 plus. So horses. I think that's, I was think that that's not, not literal. That's not literal. Yeah. Horses in the barn was not the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're coming to that horse-based economy. It's the digital horse-based economy soon. We're going, I guess it's like this full cycle of we started with horses, we went to cars, we're making the cars digital, where you've been going to go back to digital horses, I think. Right? Yeah. That, that's the cycle. That's what I'm, I'm long, I'm long ponies. Zed, Zed forever. Although, yeah, <laughs> I haven't found anybody willing to trade a horse for a pizza yet, but we'll see. Yeah, that, uh, that Bitcoin pizza doesn't look quite so bad anymore, right? All right, let's project. get into affordable project. We've got this on FX hash. We've been discussing FX hash uh, in the Discord. I think we mentioned a couple times on the, the uh, on the podcast in the past, at least, and maybe that we should talk about it. This is on the Tezos network, and FX hash. It's uh, it's getting a lot of attention. It's it's gotten a lot of attention recently. A lot of generative art, really cool projects. Uh, some some really low mid prices and uh, you know, the Tezos token, I think is around 230 right now. And, um, you can find things for much lower price, um, than you can generally on ETH, on the Ethereum network. Uh, so the project that we've got here is Marvel Opulence. Um, and George, I think you've, you've picked one up, right? Yeah. Full disclosure. I FOMO'd into this pretty aggressively to take a step back. Yeah. The FX hash dot XYZ platform. It's got very, I don't know what you call this style, but it reminded me of like the like super rares type of dynamic. It's easy to browse, but the the play here was that actually I know that there are artists that have collections here. Then they're like kind of go back a little bit, but they're just overlooked. There's not as large an audience. And so what you did was identified an artist who just dropped on Artblocks curated. Remember, curated is. The much more limited curated as in the title versus the project that then, you know, it minted out. I saw that, um, their work, um, her work was going for like over, you know, well over an eat. And I was like, wait a minute, this is sitting here at like 150 bucks. What's going on? So yeah. Can you, can you tell me about the artists from the art blocks perspective? Right. So I, I was introduced to the artist through her recent, uh, curated piece. I'm going to attempt to say her name, Melissa Wiederrecht. Um, I didn't. I was on Wiederrecht? Wiederrecht first. Wider? Wiederrecht. I, yeah, we're close. I probably should have listened in, uh, you know, they probably have said it on, on one of the discussions when they were talking to her. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I was watching the mint. Um, I, it, <laughs> I liked what I had seen in the outputs. Um, the price was, they'd end up going for about an ETH, which was more than I was ready to, to go for that on that. But then I did see that she had done four collections on FX hash. Um, there are, I mean, FX hash, there's a lot of great stuff on there and there is a lot on there. Um, it's a pretty, it's a relatively easy platform. And we discussed this, um, in our last episode, you know, these new tools that are making it easy to, for, for people to create it. You know, it does make it a little hard to, uh, to go through and find, um, or, you know, to find some of the artists that maybe are, um, more experienced and, and, um, have some of the, the, the better outputs, um, but she's got some really impressive work on, on this, um, 
FX hash platform. Um, and it definitely helps that helps me when I see that she's got a curated, uh, work, you know, it's not just me liking it, uh, not saying that, you know, you shouldn't, um, you should buy just for somebody else like you, but it does, you know, there is something that like she's really been working at this. This is her, she's, she's dedicated to this and there's, you know, uh, getting some acceptance from other gatekeepers is meaningful in this space. Um, and this, I think that I like this, some of these collections more than, than the art blocks one anyway, and they're certainly at a much more approachable price and more limited quantities. Yeah. So the one we're talking about, you know, the art blocks drop that she had was, um, you know, a, a certain style, but I, I agree in the, the style that we have here is she's using, this is code generated, not AI. This is code generated, uh, certainly art. And it, it's a, the, the one is, it's like one of, I want to say. Which one is that? Is it the, you know, an epic set or the, uh. Yeah, the FX hatch. I just want to come back to it. Marble opulence. It like actually hunts the cast. 128 of those. Yeah. Open oh, all collections on here. Um, yeah, I like these pieces a lot. I don't have one yet. You know, it's, uh, George had mentioned one that he was, he was going to buy and I was, I was ready to go get it, but you know, I didn't want to, well, don't want to take it from him. And it looks like, I don't know if maybe one of our listeners grabbed it. Uh, if you did, please let George know just to, just to hold that over. I, it's, yeah, it's on me. I did post it and then I didn't make a move on it, but I wanted to get dibs because I thought other people, hey, I screwed us all. Uh, I you got a nice one. I really like that one that you did get. Anyway, oh, sorry, go ahead. I want to come back to the strategy here. I'm going to be honest. There's too much on FX hash to understand. I can't force through it. And also, if I'm just going to trust my eye, remember our conversation that we just had before about when a computer's involved, it all looks pretty good. So what are we looking for? We're looking for artist commitment. We're looking for narrative and frankly, external validation. So here's the play that I think we're going to may continue to run. And it seems to be playing out even as we speak. The floor for these pieces are about 180 now. Tez, like, I don't know what the price is at. Wait for that curated art box. Go back and say like, oh, this artist just popped on, you know, a verified network. And we'll trust that one from now. Uh, go and then take a look at how they're doing on FX hash. You hear of a new artist who's like really taking off. Like, can I find them on FX hash? Because long-term, here's the play, and maybe we'll just narrate and move into the, the theme is which are going to survive, like platforms on which there is value on. And so Tezos has artists, capital A artists, that seem to have invested early on in putting their work there. You know, notably, I think, uh, you know, there were uh, some X copies that were floating around over in the, the, the Tezos land, right, back in the day. I, he did drop a few there a long time ago. I think it was all unannounced and I'm sure they've gone for some, some big money. And there's some other, you know, there's a lot of artists that have even focused on the Tezos platform. Um, there's one that I was familiar with early was John that has a lot of J's in oh, it. John, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's been one of the uh, more, more prominent artists on the, the platform. Um, but what I found is that there's, there's a lot of creativity on Tezos. And I think that's definitely in part because it is cheaper to mint there. Um, the prices are generally much lower. Um, and I mean, partially because you can, you can actually do that with low gas prices, but I think there's also a culture there that is 
um, that is more, um, I don't know, maybe just trying willing to try things out with art and, um, that you don't necessarily, or I don't come across as much, you know, in the expensive Ethereum world. And so, you know, the, the platforms that are survived are the ones that people adopt and use. I also have this thought that there is, um, there's a future where, you know, it's going to be easy to move your art between platforms and, you know, the art and the NFT will be platform bound. And I'll eventually, I'll just be honest, be able to get this thing over to Ethereum just because I think it's, it's where I eventually want it. And I'd want to have an art collection. But I think there's, there are absolutely like futures where bridges are coming in like a few years. And so once the market is equalized, right? Because the reason why things are cheaper on Tezos is because it's just harder to get stuff off of there. Like it's harder to get money in there and move stuff around. You can figure it out. I mean, I've used the Coinbase route, loaded that, sent it over into uh, my, uh, my temple wallet and we were good to go. But I think, um, I think it's worth, I'm no longer as afraid shopping at these lower prices on other platforms when everything's so depressed and I can actually judge the value of the thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's, I mean, I, I think there's a lot coming that is going to make these not as hard to, uh, and to bridge across these different uh, networks. There's also a possibility of doing this with the hardware. We can look at things like the, you know, a, a, a Samsung frame, um, something like that, that can display artwork. And I think at some point, you know, hopefully it's become more integrated and you can have these from different networks and not have to think about it much. Um, one example I've actually seen already is Deca art and you can have, uh, artwork from both. I believe you can, uh, 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 I think that's a platform where I've actually pulled in art from, from Tezos as well. And if it wasn't there, it, uh, I'm curious where it was, but there are, um, different apps that I think are going to kind of make the, the network a thing in the back end that we don't have to think about so much. And if you just want a piece of art to be able to, to show on on your screen, on your phone, on your wall, and or just collect in general, you know, maybe there's, you know, we can take it off the, take the network out of the importance of it, you know, to the idea that maybe most people don't go to a website and say, you know, is this using, is this using Apache or Nginx or, or, or you know, some other thing, they don't care about the, the backend structure of it. They care about what the app is and what's actually, you know, on the surface level. And I think we'll get to that point at some, you know, at some point in the future here. <laughs> And I don't want to make, like, we're definitely in no means or ways early, but I think we're in a period of time where I know that uh, a bunch of the sort of like Moonbird money and a Moonbird like whales have moved over to FX hash and this strategy as well, which means that there's like real collectors paying attention to this area saying like, all right, I had this like win and like, no offense, like, is this Moonbird going to be worth something in 10 years or should I come back to like collecting a base of stuff? So be careful when you play with whales, but also I use it as a signal of like, there's going to be value there in terms of, all right, there's um, people that will support the underlying platform in plays. And that kind of pulls again to our theme of which layers survive the winter, the ones where the whales are willing to get the backs of it. And that's why as much as I hate love to dump on Solana, like back that San Bankman free behind it is very real. Like San Bankman free is like, buying up stuff. Yeah, he's he's Uncle Warren right now for everybody. Just coming and you know, being the nice guy, scooping it up and ooh, did he get a nice deal? But you know, that's a that's a good thing for him. And you know, we've we've we have talked 
about some of the problems with Solana. I don't think that those have completely gone away, but I think they're also over, you know, you can overcome things like downtime. It's, you know, I, I certainly shouldn't pretend, you know, I, I don't pretend to say that Ethereum hasn't had issues in the past. And I think that one of, you know, we've even talked about one of the things that makes Ethereum strong is that they have had problems and they've made them better. They've, they've, they've they continue to add security to the network, to improve the network and you know, frankly, Solana has that opportunity now. They've got the, you know, they've certainly got the backing and they managed to keep lean. They're now adding new assets and yeah, I don't see them going away. And, you know, I'm, I'm ready to admit that, uh, I think I was, I was wrong early on, on Solana. I, I will say I'm not interested in Solana as a crypto play at all. Like I'm not moving any assets into the coin. I am far more comfortable considering collecting NFTs on the platform now that the price is at a place where it has clearly not been pumped to oblivion far beyond what its underlying value actually maintains. And I can shop for what I feel is parity on the art there. So the assets that I'd own on the platform, I feel are safer than I felt like they might've been before knowing how it seems that Sam Bankman-Fried is going to be the backstop of what's going to go on and make sure it goes on. But I think there are some incredible problems with scaling where I think you can scale up until you can't with a monolithic design that they seem to have. And that is proven every single time they break. They're like, we'll go as fast as you want as long as you don't go above 60 miles an hour. Like, okay, what happens when you get on the freeway? You, no one will ever go faster than 60 miles an hour. Speed. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely technological issues to overcome there. I, I'm i not ready to just say that they can't overcome those at this point. And I think Correct. there's money there's solves problems. a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of stakeholders now that, that yeah. want that to succeed. Um, and I think, you know, not just, I mean, he's, he's doing a lot to, to bridge, <laughs> bridge a lot of the, the capital from, <laughs> from sort of banks and web to, to this new world as well. And I think that that is, you know, he seems to be very smart in what he's doing, positioning the, uh, the company. Well, um, yeah, like you said, I'm not, I'm not going to go start buying a lot of Solana, but I do think that they are in a great position to, to survive and even come out of this winter much stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, again, I, I'm far more impressed though, by the art I've seen on Tezos than on Solana. Like, I love Magic Eden as a platform. Super impressed by it, actually. But so underwhelmed. And maybe I'm, I'm looking, hey, help us out and jump in the Discord and show me where to find Capital A art on, uh, on Solana. Yeah, or something that, I mean, something that has... The, something with an ape in it or something... In yeah, with something some, that looks like it has some sort of substantial value that is doing something a little different. Um, and yeah, I'm with you on that. I haven't found... I haven't found what I'm looking for on Solana. I think there's a lot of that, you know, we're seeing a lot of these even, you know, kind of low quality projects. And, you know, we've talked about this recently. And I think we're seeing a lot of this on Solana right now. Definitely not saying they're all that, um, they're all low quality. I, I did see something recently that, uh, Stepin is one of the, uh, still one of the, the most used, um, apps on, 
on the, the network, which I was surprised, I, you know, I guess people are out walking, uh, instead of looking at their, uh, looking at ETH go down or something, but, um, got to do something. I'm sorry. I guess they're not ETH. Actually, those would be Solana, right? Crypto. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, there, that's the one that, that has gotten attention. That's not one that I'm ready to jump in, but I am glad that they are, there's something there and, uh, you know, we'll see what comes out of that. The community and the art in the Tezos network seems, it seems impressive. You know, they've been, there's been some tough times already for Tezos. It's been around for a while. We've talked about the Lindy effect. I think that's strong there. I think it's a little bit of a different narrative with, uh, with Solana and FTX and really much newer, but, uh, very well backed and, um, led by a, a strong team. So different situations, but they both look, uh, pretty, pretty likely to come out of this, this winter, um, well positioned. Yeah. I mean, what's nice about Tezos is like gasless. So, you know, you're, you're in there buying stuff and your dollars, well, sorry, dollar here, your money, your fiat, non-fiat. Crypto goes uh, a long way. Kind of interesting looking at FX hash as an ecosystem as a whole has done in the last 30 days, uh, only about 1.8 million uh, in in total value, which is down actually 42% looking 30, 30 days. And with that though, it's done 29,000 transactions. And so there's uh, just like a lot of, a lot of small art changing a lot of hands and that's done with 3,600 collectors. If you're talking about unique wallets interacting on it, um, those are really small numbers, which actually gets me excited because there's good artists there. So it's, if you want to get lucky, you want to do opportunity and preparation. You want to shop in a place where you're more likely to get lucky. I really like this formula, um, for, for an approach. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it seems. It seems like people are still discovering it. You know, there are a lot of people that have found their way over there. Um, I was, I remember that there were many art blocks collectors uh, discussing FX hash while I was at NFT NYC. And these are, you know, some pretty, pretty big NF, uh, art, uh, excuse me, art blocks collectors. Um, so that's, you know, that's saying something if they are going over there, they're definitely taking it seriously. I think that there's, it's still relatively under the radar for a lot of people. Um, and we've talked about some of the, uh, some of the hurdles of, uh, of transacting on Tezos. If you aren't already there, um, yeah, temple wallet as well, one that we've been talking about in the, uh, in the discord, if you haven't, um, if you don't have one, um, we've Wait, liked that, wallet. but, uh, KuCoin, I believe is another, um, and we've gone through through Coinbase to, uh, to get over there. So, you know, that's what we've been using, but, uh, come in the discord if you want to, uh, if you want to chat about more FX hash stuff, we're, we're still discovering things over there and, uh, learning a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's definitely where we're, we're sharing what we're doing and, and making fun of me mostly when I, when I FOMO and, and sell it too, too early and stuff. Uh, all right. So what other, I mean, what are you looking at any other networks or, you know, I think that's it. We've got a chart here and we've got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of others in on the list, you know, those, these are my picks. We're not saying the others won't make it, but I think we're saying that these are, uh, these are the ones that are pretty well positioned and for different reasons. Um, and of Tezos, course, we like, we like Tezos, Solana, the, the layer twos. I mean, those are, you know, those are different, um, but that's what we're, we're looking at here. So, um, you know, come chat in the discord if you are feeling different, but that's what we like right, right now. Looking forward. 
Well, I'm proud of us for expanding beyond our ETH Maxi mindset. I think we've done a lot of growing in this bear market. Just took ETH going Way down. down. Yeah. Well, when all the numbers just balance out to the, <laughs> you're like, well, okay. All right. Good yeah. talk, George. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.